Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome into the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Emergency podcast. Always fun to do these during this time of year. Patrick Allen here with Sterling Holmes. The Chiefs, look, the combine's about to get underway, Sterling, uh, but Brett Veach is not sitting around watching highlights of the Super Bowl, stroking his ego like we are. The man is back to work. Yesterday, the Chiefs, uh, it was announced that the Chiefs were going to franchise Legarius Sneed. We'll get into that in a minute. But today, the big news is that they will release Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, big it, it, it's, it was expected, right? There was big cap savings to be gained. MVS didn't play well last year. He's about to turn 30. But just want to get your initial thoughts on the move. Yeah, as much as we thought and knew this was going to happen, there was a slight part of me that thought, wouldn't it be very Kansas City to restructure his contract and extend it out over a two or three year period? Um, they did not. Releasing is going to be the move, at least according to uh, sources as of now, which means the Chiefs will save $10 million. It was a $12 million cap hit. What was going to be the dead cap hit is only $2 million. So the Chiefs are saving a good chunk of change. Now, how do you view Marquez Valdez-Scantling in his time in Kansas City? He leaves a two-time Super Bowl champion with his best games coming and the biggest stages. But he leaves with his Kansas City career with 1,002 yards over two seasons. Not great for a guy who is getting paid over $10 million per year. It's a fascinating discussion to have because it feels like the value that he brought was seemingly valued more by the coaching staff and the players in the organization themselves than by the fans. His first year here I thought was pretty solid. That's what we expected. This year a massive dip down, especially when there's um, a black hole a need for a wide receiver to step up. You would expect the veteran too. He did not. But again, in the playoffs, biggest stages, dude did. Yeah, and that's what, you know, look, man, It's it reminds me of the Frank Clark thing where, you know, everybody was mad because the Chiefs spent so, money on, so much money on Frank Clark and they felt like he didn't live up to it during the regular season. But Clark showed up in ways I think we didn't see with leadership in particular, you heard from anybody who was in the organization how important that was. He showed up in the playoffs. And a guy like MVS, when you signed him to that deal, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't as bad of a deal as I think a lot of people looked at because you had this out here in this third year. But like, sure, did he become, you know, the number one receiver for this team? Not really. Uh, did he disappoint drastically during the regular season last year? Absolutely. I think... If he gave the Chiefs during the regular season last year what he gave them the year before, we had like 600 yards. I think everybody would have been okay with that. The Chiefs were able to win with it. And and then you had the emergence of Rashi Rice. But the fact that he took a big step back while they were trying to develop a rookie and Skymore never took off, that, that, that made him sort of public enemy number one. He, although he was fighting it out with Kadarius Tony and Skymore <laughs> during the season. But look, man, you're right. I don't think there's any other way to look at the MVS era in Kansas City 
other than a wild success. And I know some people might roll their eyes and be like, well, what if he, you know, was a thousand. Look, man, all that matters is the results at the end of the season. Did the Chiefs accomplish their goal? They signed MVS and you pointed it out. He showed up when it mattered most for these for these guys. He listen, I, I, I jotted down his list of accomplishments in Kansas City. And tell me how many players would like to have this list of accomplishments in a two-year run with a team. He caught a touch, a, a key touchdown in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. He had the game-sealing catch versus the Ravens to send the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Really difficult catch. He made it when it mattered. He had four catches for 63 yards versus the Bills on the road. Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game to send help the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. So in just this playoff run, he had a, a nice game against the Bills, game ceiling catch against the Ravens, and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And then last year, eight catches for 116 yards and a tutty in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals when everybody was hurt. Everybody, they, they had nobody left, and the dude showed up. And then in the game before that against the Jaguars, he had a touchdown catch and a 27 to 20 win over Jacksonville in the postseason. I don't know what more what, what more do you want from the guy? You know, he, it's he did his job. When when it comes down to it, two years in Kansas City, two Super Bowls. It's tough to argue with the results. Again, they were unconventional, but when you step up on the biggest moments, you're going to get some goodwill. Now, I like MVS as as a person. Okay, um, talked to him a few times. Have done his charity event. His charity event did very very well last year out there at Legend Stadium where they do uh, Monarchs baseball. It's a great event. You saw that was his first year, I guess. Technically, he'd been there a year. If you saw the turnout, the amount of money that was raised, and the response from his teammates, you'd understand why he's beloved by the organization Yeah, for some of the things that don't necessarily always show up on the field. But when you look down to it, that's going to be a big loss for the Chiefs, I think. Again, I don't, I'm not saying you, you, you keep him. That, that's not my argument here. But who's the veteran to step up now? Is it Justin Watson, who is currently still under contract for just over $2 million? Sure, you can make the case. But MVS, whether we like it or not, was the guy in the wide receiver room that folks look towards. Who yeah. will that be now? Yeah, and look, it, sometimes, and this is a smart move by the Chiefs and Brett Veach. It's, it's, it's the sensible move. You're not going to pay him $12 million based on his production for this year or even his production, frankly, for from two years ago. It just doesn't make sense. Um, but great run. And sometimes these these players have a way of coming back to you. Just ask McCole Hardman. Like the Chiefs often are willing to let guys go, let them go out and test their market. And if they get in and evaluate their team, and if they get into the summer and they're looking at the wide receiver group and you're like, you know what, we could use, we could use like a remember MVS. This is an underrated part of his game. He's a very capable and willing blocker. He's a big body. So he's an effort guy. He's he's not lazy out there when he doesn't get the ball. And, you know, we joke about him always running wind sprints and all that stuff. He's doing stuff downfield to help the team. So that's an interesting player to have in the back end of your wide receiver group that's a veteran that understands the offense. So maybe he comes back on a, on a, a reasonable deal for the Chiefs if they need that depth. But I think what it means is that we're looking at an overhaul here. Uh, it's it's hard to envision a scenario in which Kadarius Tony they don't try to move off of him. Uh, maybe they maybe they keep him around. There's no there's no big advantage to them like financially to moving off Kadarius Tony. There's none. You know yeah. how much you know how much money you save by cutting Kadarius Tony? Five bucks. 
Zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's no, you know, it just depends on if the chiefs want to put up with him, right? Like in, in some of the off field stuff and the drama and injuries that we'll, we'll see. And that'll probably be determined. You know, he could be a back end guy, punt returner, gadget guy, whatever. Um, but I think we're looking at an overhaul here. I think Brett Veach, despite winning the Super Bowl, is smart enough to not rest on his laurels. And I'm sure, I'm sure in that exit interview with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and Brett Veach got a, a little bit of an earful from Patrick Mahomes about the offense. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is like, this is great. Don't ever let me go into a season with this situation again. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it means. I think we're looking at big time overhaul. Brett Veach, just like he did with the offensive line a couple years ago, when when they lost that Super Bowl, isn't going to sit back and just try to cobble it together again. He's going to double and triple down with veterans and draft picks. Yeah, I don't think the overhaul is going to be as drastic as you or the majority of people think. I'll get into that in one second. Um, again, I see a question from Jason. I believe you're asking about how much money do the Chiefs save by releasing MVS. It's about $10 million. So about $10 million is what they're getting back for the releasing of MVS. Now, when it comes down to the wide receiver room, obviously Rasheed Rice going to be here. Uh, that much we know. Watson, I'm going to imagine, is going to be here because, again, you don't save money cutting him. It's a two and a half. Or I guess you do save money, but you're getting him for two, a little over $2 million. I think you bring him back for that. Um Sky Moore, guys, whether we release it or not, or whether we, we, we admit it or not, he's going to be here next year. He's two years left on a rookie deal. It does not behoove Kansas City to move on from Sky Moore. Kadarius Tony is the interesting one is if you think he's a SoundCloud rapper or a football player, that remains to be seen. Um, if you can put up with what he does off the field as well as at times on the field, it's befuddling, it's infuriating. That, that again, will come down to it. I think they're going to sign a secondary or tertiary veteran, a guy like a McCall Hardman. Uh, I'm, I looked up the NFL free agent tracker. They're not getting Mike Evans. They're not getting OBJ. They're not getting Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd. Um, but if you get starting down into the Josh Reynolds territories, that's the name that I think would be intriguing. I know no one wants to hear it, but I think it's the reality. I think we'll draft a wide receiver early on, whether that's the first round, second round. Um, we'll see how the, the, the board actually falls. The reason being, and it kind of almost hurts that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year because it goes to what Brett Veach saw. Mahomes can elevate the wide receivers. Now, can he do it for a full season for 17 games? Maybe not. But in a three or four game sample size, Andy Reid's play calling and Patrick Mahomes' talent, they can elevate those guys. You know what? Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but mostly Mahomes can't elevate. He can't elevate the defense. He can't elevate the offensive line to an extent where we saw in the Buccaneers uh, game. Now, again, he elevates the offensive line to an extent, but if he's getting constant pressure on him, he can't elevate anything. He's running for his life. Yeah. So yeah. what you do is in the salary cap era, when you can't have all pros at every single position, there is a salary cap. What do you have to do? You have to make concessions somewhere. So for me, and what Brett Veach did this year, was you made it concessions at the position that the best player in the entire world can elevate. I expect to see something of a similar ilk this season. Yeah, and well, you'll have a better Rasheed Rice next year. And, and you're right about Sky Moore. You've got to – look, we might have to reframe and probably will have to reframe our expectations of what Sky Moore is going to be. But if you can find that dependable other option opposite of Rasheed Rice, then then Sky Moore can slide into it. Maybe Sky Moore ends up being like a Justin Watson type for them who is you know, a, a consistent third or fourth receiver for them that's able to be productive. But it was clear that last year they were asking him to do too much that he wasn't capable of yet and maybe never will be. We'll see. But that's up to them to coach him up. They drafted him. So take a couple more years and see what you can you know, mold this guy into. Um, 
I do wonder, though, if they might go big game hunting. They can free up a lot of space. I talked about it on the show last week with a Mahomes restructure. There's, there's things they can do to get to $60 million in cap space if they want to. I'm not saying that's a good idea for the future. I'm not saying that that's what Brett Veach is going to do. But there's definitely some cap gymnastics they can do with restructures if they wanted to get a guy like Mike Evans and just be like, yeah, we're going to try to get this three-peat, Mike Evans, 1,000 yards, Travis Kelsey, Rashi Rice, Sky Moore. Like That sounds sounds interesting to me. But remember, they need a left tackle. They don't have a left tackle right now. Is Wanya Morris going to be ready? That's, you know, we'll see to see what the coaching staff feels about that. But that is a hugely important situation for them that I would put above wide receiver um, because you can't have Patrick Mahomes not have time to throw the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as Mike Evans would be tantalizing here in Kansas City, look at his age, and then coupled with the fact that that means Legereus Sneed will no longer be here, uh, at least you'd have to imagine. Um, yeah, if, it's, if my options are Legereus or Mike Evans, give me Legereus. So that's what it comes down to for me personally. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Tony Martin who says, Sterling, where can we get that hat? Uh, Crown City. Shout out to Crown City. They, they hooked me up. I got, I got a whole bunch of these, these bad boys, and they look good. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you think they trade? Like, the the report is that the Chiefs, if they can't work out a long-term deal with LeJarrius Sneed, will 
be open to trading him. Do you think that that's something that they're going to do? Or do you think this is actually going to end up working out where they can find a way to sign Jones and Snead? Well, what I'll tell you right now is Snead is not playing on the franchise tag. He's not playing on the one-year deal. Just how I'd be shocked if T. Higgins for the Bengals is playing on a one-year deal. They're a little different scenario because they're trying to keep the gang together for one more year. Kansas City has to at least get something for Legereus Snead, who's, who's a 27-year-old cornerback. Again, yeah. we've talked about the knee injuries. He played through it, so how much of a concern is that really? I'm not saying it's alarm bells, but it's at least a smoke alarm. Like You should at least be like, okay, the battery's beeping. We should take a look at this. Because that is concerning. You, I always bring up Namdi Asamoah. You bring up a lot of the corners. They're like relievers in baseball. The variance is so high. If you can get a second-round draft pick back for Legereus Need, I think you look long and hard at that. Especially because that's what I think the range he would bring back personally as a second-rounder. Um, I also think the fact is the Chiefs have done such a good job developing and identifying talent there, especially with unheralded guys a la Legereus Need, the fourth-rounder from Louisiana Tech. They've shown the ability to develop and identify and, 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 and grow guys there into valuable pieces. They still have Trent McDuffie, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson. What do they have on the defensive line, which I think no one is bringing up defensive line, especially interior. Yeah. Yo, if Chris Jones is even back, that's great. It's just Chris Jones and Neil Farrell at this point. You right. still need to draft a guy. And I think if you can try and draft Sweat or Byron Murphy from Texas, who are going to be in those 20-ish range, you got you to go with those guys. But yeah. then what do you have? You only have five draft picks right now before the compensatory picks. One Thornhill maybe gets one back. Andrew Wiley maybe gets one back. There are more positions of need that I think people are glossing over right now. Um, and if you can get a second back for Legereus Need, I, I really do think you, you you make that move. I'm with you. They've been preparing for the departure of Legereus Need for a couple of seasons now. They've been drafting DBs like crazy. They've been a good, they've done a nice job of developing them. You know, they let Charvarius Ward walk. Look, when they went, Charvarius Ward was a was was a good cornerback in Kansas City. And then he's become excellent after he left. Um, sometimes it matters what system you're in, those types of things. This Legereus Need is different. His value will ne- never be higher than it is right now. He just had the best season of his career. He was in a contract year. The Chiefs are smart to not let him just walk out the door. If he if he does, they're going to get a late third compensatory pick for him because he's going to sign a huge deal somewhere. But you're right. If they can trade him for a second rounder, a second rounder, and a sixth, something like that, it gives them ammo in the draft. So if they do see, like if there's a, re- a receiver, like they want to move up kind of far to get to a receiver and they want to trade 32 and a, and a, a second, second round pick to do that they at least have the ammo to go and get their guy same thing if there's like a left tackle they really like or a defensive tackle that they really like that they can think make their defense even more ferocious they have the ammo to do that now of course it takes two to tango you need teams that teams don't want to help the chiefs they're sick of the chiefs um but it's nice to have those draft assets to move around the way that they did even even small moves when they went and got trent mcduffie if they're right about their guy, you want them to have the ammo to go get them. And let's be real, 32 sucks. We saw it last year with 31 technically last year. But if they couldn't trade back at a 31 when there was still a quarterback who was a lot of folks thought was going to be a first rounder in Will Levis, because the fifth year option for a quarterback is massive. Yeah. If they couldn't trade it back at a 31, they're not trading back at a 32 this year. I mean, yeah. I'm, we, I'm we, talking about moving up. No, I know. I, I, I agree. But, um, they tried last year. It's it just, it's so hard when you are sitting at 32. It's so hard when you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they tried last year. 
didn't work. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to be holding my breath uh, for them to make this massive jump up. Um, I oh, you think, don't think it, they're going to go up and get Marvin Harrison Jr.? No, but even like <laughs> even like 10 spots, I think is going to be... Getting into the 20s. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I, I just, I think it seems great on paper when we talk about it. I think it seems fun, but I think the actual realistic possibility or realistic aspect of it, of trading up or trading back, are way more difficult than I think we realize. Yeah, it certainly is. And especially when teams in the AFC, they're just going to be less inclined to, to play ball with the Chiefs. So that's going to limit teams, you know, NFC team there or, or just an AFC team that's just in the dog. I think they stink. Maybe they would do it, but it does take two to tango. But look, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the Chiefs to retain picks and add to their roster, add volume and youth to their roster. It keeps the roster cheap and gives them the financial flexibility to pay a guy like Chris Jones because they're not paying, you know, it just Brett Veach said it in his press conference yesterday, when you win a lot, it gets really expensive and it's, it doesn't help you any that you're drafting at the very end of the first round too, because the quality, you're basically got a second round pick an early second round pick there. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. But the good news is the chiefs have options. They've used the franchise. I thought it was so smart to tag Legereus need. And, and remember we talked about the combine is where these conversations happen. And so Brett Veach did all this early because he wants people to know like, Hey, like I'm Legereus need. He's on the block like that coming out that the chiefs are willing to, to, to trade Sneed. That's not an accident that that like, they want everybody to know he's available. Come get him. Make us your best offer. Um, so it's going to be exciting to see how it all plays out. Once well, he handled it well, by the way, Legarius handled it very well yes. saying, you know, he's, he's open all this stuff. He, he <laughs> likes it. And he, because Chris Jones wasn't right. like Chris Jones was not thrilled. A lot of players aren't thrilled when they get the franchise tag. Yeah. Legereus took it in stride. Um, I know it's easy to say, oh, you're getting offered $19.8 million for a single season. Of course you'd be thrilled. Same same thing, though. Who knows at his age what his contract is going to look like going forward. This might be his only big chance to sign a lucrative long-term deal. Um, I just thought that it was uh, that was nice that Legereus is actually handling this very, very professionally. Yeah, the, the, he doesn't. The Chiefs have all the leverage. Like, you know, all he can do is with is withhold his services and then not get the money. Um, so it's 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 in his best interest to play ball with the Chiefs and try to get something done because he knows if they can get him to a, a destination that he prefers, he's gonna get that big payday. So look, you know, Legarius Steed, he's Super Bowl champion multiple times. Like he's he's entering the the later stages of his career, of his peak for his position. So he wants to go get the bag. Can't blame him. Can't blame him at all. Uh, he's accomplished everything he wants to accomplish. So go get paid. Um, and you know, this is, this is going to be fascinating off season for the chiefs. I'm really excited about it. Um, but speaking of, uh, did you see these, uh, these little mock-ups for the new stadium? Yeah. <laughs> what looks like looks very similar photos. to the current stadium. Yeah. Like, a- <laughs> It's more like a park. So if you're so listen, if you're listening on audio, we've got some pic. We're gonna put some pictures up on the screen. One of them is a, sort of like an extended parking lot bridge um, over the highway. Uh, that's interesting. Get ready for a long walk, <laughs> right? And hopefully, you think the parking will be cheaper over there? No, no. <laughs> they'll they'll just you'll, you'll, you're walking from the Denny's. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but that's a cool looking bridge. And then it looks like they're going to do some sort of like, this looks like an, the, the image, if you're listening on audio, is like a, like a, a football field in the middle of the parking lot with like a stage, like an outdoor like area. They've got something similar to this at Wrigley Field. It's not a football field, obviously, but it's like an, it's like an outdoor park. Basically. Yeah. Philly um, has the same thing too, yeah. where they have all their like bar district, they're like a bar district, uh, their version of power and light basically. Yeah. Um, and they have something like this. I like that. Cause it, you know, if you're like, so as, as somebody who lives in Chicago, when I come to Kansas city to go to a game, like I don't always rent a car. I go with somebody like I can't do the kind of tailgating that everybody else does or that I would like to do. And so if I don't have a tailgate to go to, you know what I mean? Like I go to the gas station and I, I grab a couple roadies, you know, and carry them over to the stadium with me. So having something like this would be, would be kind of cool. Like food, food trucks and, and, and bars where you can go and kind of have that tailgate experience uh, without having a spot. Yeah. I'm, I'm just intrigued. I, I never get my hopes up until it actually happens. The, the, the artist renderings can always look great, but what I always find myself, find myself understanding is a lot of it's for the 1%, like a lot of like, Oh, we're going to redo all these suites. <laughs> right. I, I, my ass yeah. ain't never getting in those suites. <laughs> yeah. They're showing right now uh, up on the screen is, it looks like a kind of a bar in the end zone or seating area in the end zone, um, which which that looks like an awesome uh, view, you know, if they're down there in the red zone. Um, but again, who's how, how do you get in there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Patrick, you're going to you're going to buy me a end zone suite right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, very. Look, these are kind of cool renderings. So we'll see. Um, uh, and then there's a, like a wide shot of Arrowhead, which. I'll be honest with you. It looks exactly the same to me. Do yeah. you see something different here? Uh, no, that looks like Arrowhead, which <laughs> I think is Arrowhead. great because Arrowhead is bleeping awesome. Yes. I guess you can see like the football field, like party stage area in the background there. Um, so if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this later on audio, head over to the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel uh, and check out one of our latest videos to find. So you can see these images and of course they're available on Twitter and things like that. Um, Nice. Um, we got a quick super chat from our guy Bumpa who says we have bad ownership, uh, but a Hall of Fame coach and a quarterback to hide it. I don't think the Chiefs have bad ownership, but they did put out a, an NFLPA report card. I'm not going to go break it down. We got a full show for you guys later, but um, check that out it's on Twitter. Not great reviews of uh, the facilities, family treatment. Um, uh, it's hard to know, man, like what where all that comes from. Yeah, we'll talk. To, I'm sure Adam Best and myself will do a large deep dive this afternoon show on it. But yeah, it's it's weird. It's perplexing because it seems like all the players love Clark Hunt. It, they love the hunts. They respect right. the hunts. But then when these reports come out, they're not happy. And it doesn't always mean directly that it's they're blaming the hunts, like as far as like they're bad people. But yeah. when it comes to some of the upgrades for them in the facility, um, as far as like the locker rooms. You know, uh, 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 the training room, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that part's not great. Yeah. And look, I mean, you know, there's a lot of we like that's all we know is that's how the player that's how the players feel. Um, is there a good reason for those low grades? Like there's something is planned, but it's going to take some time. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I, I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Um, but you you want your organization, you want players to want to play there and to be excited about playing there. And of course, the, the one thing that does stand out from that report card is head coach gets an A plus, number one in the NFL. Everybody loves Andy Reid, and and all the other grades are bad. And so that makes me worried as a fan, just in that you don't want your you don't want people to be unhappy. Like you know, I'm I'm an executive here at Fan Sided, right? Like it's very important. Like we we take our employee feedback really seriously. We want to know how people feel. Not everything's perfect. Yes, that's right. Um, and so if we hear like, oh, like there, if something stands out as like glaring, that's alarming to us because even if things are going well and people are generally happy, that could turn the culture toxic very quickly. And so you got Andy Reid there, strong leadership. Everybody loves him. They want to play for him. But if they hate every or they dislike a lot of the other things about being a Kansas City Chiefs, well, that, you know, Andy ain't going to coach forever. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta, you want to try to get a little bit more of an even keel there with those kinds of grades um, so that you can attract people to come play for your organization. Because then if things start to go bad, right. Or you get like Andy leaves and like the coach is just okay. It could totally flip the performance of everybody. I, I think part of it is, is that why all these free agents who we assume they'll take less money to come to Kansas city and win a ring. Is this part of the reason why they don't? They're like, they get in the locker room, they go, oh, no, I had a nicer one. Oh, oh the training staff room. Oh, yeah. like th- th- that could be an underlying thing as well. But yeah, that's true. Patrick is my boss. That's true. That's true. Um, we're pals, man. We're pals. Um, all right. Uh, well, we're going to get out of here. Um, we just wanted to set the table for you on this MVS stuff. You should be over at arrowheadaddict.com. Our guy, Matt Connor, is 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 furiously typing away, I'm sure, breaking all of this information down and look news is going to be coming out of Indianapolis all week. So you need to make sure that you're subscribed to the Arrowhead Attic YouTube channel. So hit that like button, click the bell. So you get notifications because this is the time of year where we do emergency podcasts like this. So if you're subscribed, but you don't have notifications turned on, you're not going to know when something happens. If you're at work, you know, Oh, I need to sneak to the bathroom because Arrowhead Attic's going live because some shit just went down. You need to know. So click the bell. Make sure you've got notifications on. And uh, we'll keep you updated when any kind of big news breaks. We'll we'll scramble like uh, like the fighter jets and Top Gun and uh, try to get live here on YouTube. Appreciate Sterling jumping on with me and uh, producer Richard uh, for the fire drill as well. Uh, we'll be back. What time do you guys go live for Wacky Wednesday, Sterling? 4.30 Central. 4.30 Central. Uh, these guys will be back, Adam Best, Sterling Holmes, to further break this down for you and let you know about any other developments that happen today. So keep it here at arrowheadaddict.com, Arrowhead Attic YouTube. We'll see you guys later today. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Chiefs.